So yeah, you didn't die. I didn't die. That's a good thing. I know. Not dying. Brown recluses. And the traffic, was, I honestly like left my house this morning at 6.30 because the GPS said I'd get here in 30 minutes because normally it takes me an hour. Mm -hmm. And then I started driving and the traffic was worse somehow. That, oh, that's Los Angeles. I know. I think that's going to happen. I know. And it's the kind of worse where you're driving and you're stuck in standstill traffic and you realize the lane to your right is like zipping by. And so you're like, shoot, I got to get over to that right lane. And so you're like, I got to go. And then, then, no, then you don't go because you're worried about the cars behind you. And eventually you like pull in and go and you're looking and you're like, why are you all standing still? And this one is going like a million miles an hour. That's my battle. And I've actually resigned myself now that I drive quite a bit to just stay in your lane. Yeah. Which in the literal sense, it it's is just better. like, you know, <laughs> people are going to go by you. And then two minutes later, you're going to see those yeah. exact same people. Yes. Stuck and you're going to go by them. Right. Um, so we should introduce the podcast. Um, we don't have a title. Uh, we're kind of just here and we more or less don't know what we're doing. Sounds uh, about right. <laughs> but this was definitely, at least for me, I you know, started listening to podcasts I enjoy spoken word I enjoy talking uh, maybe more so than most people and uh, but uh, I think just in a way to get some ideas out there and whether or not somebody listens I mean this might in fact be more for you and me than it is for anybody else totally uh, just to reflect on our practice but uh, but yeah my name is Hunter I'm a educator in Southern California began my career in San Diego for about five years before moving up to uh, the Orange County, LA area this past year and uh, started working at Odyssey STEM Academy in, uh, as a part of Paramount Unified School District. And I'm here with my partner. Courtney, hi. Uh, my name is Courtney and uh, I now, this is my third year of teaching in Southern California. Well, I guess it's my second year of teaching in Southern California. I taught for a year in Northern California. California is so big, it feels almost like its own country, though it is a state. Uh, but I'm from the beautiful, great state of Nebraska, who recently changed their state slogan to Nebraska. It's not for everyone. That's your. That's a joke. That's a real thing. It's not for everyone. <laughs> we went from being Nebraska, the good life, to Nebraska, it's not for everyone. Who, who made that decision? I don't know, but the campaign itself is actually pretty funny. It's like totally worth looking up. Um, because it's like, Nebraska, it's not for everyone, but it is for some people. There's all these... <laughs> I legitimately thought that was a joke. No, there's, no, there's no, no. There's no way that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it wasn't for me, which is why I left. Um, and I've loved kind of making a, a home for myself in Southern California. Same with Hunter, working at Odyssey STEM Academy in Lakewood, California. Uh, which is kind of part of the greater community of South Central Los Angeles, just north of Long Beach and south of Compton. Um, we love it here. Paramount's great. It's like a small school district and comes with all of the perks of having a small school district. We feel really close to our uh, board of superintendents and, and greater district staff, but yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I, I feel like for my first year working here, there seems to be... Uh, kind of this harmony mm -hmm. uh, between all of the different parts of the district, which okay. is nice. As an educator, you, you want to have uh, some sort of uh, semblance of 
peace and structure. Yeah, and like access. Right. So you don't have to worry about that. You could focus on your practice, and um, it's 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 a refreshing thing for sure. Um, and I've never been to Nebraska, um, but I'm sorry Not it wasn't yet. for you. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> uh, this has been a great year. Um, and maybe that's worth noting that we are recording this towards the tail end of our school year. We've got a couple weeks left. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about today was the end of year exhibition uh, that we had. Dun, so dun, dun. Courtney, with, with that lead in, I love that. Uh, tell us about what is exhibition here at Odyssey STEM Academy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you asked one of our scholars, you would learn that exhibition is kind of whatever we've wanted it to be. Like exhibition can mean so many different things, but essentially at the end of every trimester, uh, so there's three trimesters in a school year, which means that they'll have 12. Is that math right? By the end? Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Year? That sounds right. Remember, we're humanities <laughs> educators. We can't we, yeah, we we're, stay in math, our lane, Math right? is hard, stay in our lane. Stay in our lane. Um, but at the end of every trimester, essentially, each scholar stands up and presents in some formal capacity their learning over the last trimester. So this trimester, our exhibition looked like them presenting their learning not only across the last trimester, but also across the whole school year since we are in June. Um, and with that sort of presentation, it was uh, a bit more formal, a bit academic. They were setting up kind of a presentation on a PowerPoint slide as well as artifacts printed out in paper and presenting formally to their advisors, their peers, and their families about what they've been doing over the last uh, eight months at Odyssey. And it's been, uh, it was such a cool adventure to get to see them kind of own their learning and identify greater trends of growth across different artifacts of, of their learning. And uh, I think that one thing that was really worth noting was that in a 15 to 16 minute presentation, it's hard to capture learning from a whole year, right? So um, instead of focusing on a full year's worth of learning, they were focusing more on like one piece of learning, one segment of learning, one, if you might say, competency or milestone of learning, uh, which I'm going to let Hunter take it away with explaining, like, <laughs> what the heck those words mean in the context of a school, because they are a bit non-traditional, right? You're used to hearing finals and, like, exams or papers, and that's about it. Right. Uh, so, like, what is this model, and, and maybe how is it different from a traditional comprehensive high school? And what element I want to kind of go back to really quickly is you talked about the idea that with these exhibitions, we invite our families and the community at large mm -hmm. uh, to this event. Um, and I think that for so many of our scholars, this is a very new concept. Uh, the idea that mom, dad, whoever from home is going to come and actually be a part of the learning. This isn't something that's traditionally focused on at most schools. Um, so this is new, but what we have seen largely, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but over the course of the year, we've seen our families getting increasingly involved with these activities. Totally. I mean, with this, the final exhibition this last trimester, it was more likely that you would have family at your exhibition than it was otherwise. Um, and so to see them really getting involved, um, being advocates for their kids is pretty powerful. It was really great uh, to see. And too, I feel like the families were sitting in the audience, but they weren't really in the audience. They were more like at the forefront and they were able to ask questions and like dig deeper, uh, not only about the like personal experiences of the scholars in front of them, like what was the hardest thing that happened to you this year and how did you overcome it? But also like digging into the more academic side of, of their uh, experience here at Odyssey and that sort of 
dialogue that we were able to help open up is so powerful um, to involve families and their kids learning, to learn like what were the struggles academically and what were their strengths and what have they done about it since. So cool. And I think if anything for our families, they get here and they start seeing our kids talk about these competencies and these skills that they learn. Mm -hmm. And I think it's in that moment where a lot of families realize like, oh, this is this is new. This is different. What are these words? What do they mean? Right. This this is not uh, anything that we're used to in any educational setting that we've seen so far. Um, But yeah, as Courtney mentioned, we are a competency based school. We we, uh, use assessment as a tool uh, to assess scholars on what they know how to do, not necessarily what they know. Um, If you think about a traditional uh, school setting, you know, you think of your quizzes and your tests kind of quizzing you, testing you on rote memorization of certain items or facts. And this is coming from my background as a social science person. That was that was my high school experience. Do you remember these dates? Do you remember these people? If you do, good for you. And not to say that there's no value in that because memorization is a, that's a skill. That's something you'd be able to do. As someone that recently got their California driver's license and had to rote memorize the entire test. Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, truly a life skill. But it's not going to change the world in the same way that teaching kids like the skills that they need to be successful uh, will. Correct. So we're going to put this in the context of our course. Um, we, we teach humanities uh, or English language arts, ELA, um, next year uh, as Courtney and I are moving up to the 10th grade, whoop, whoop. we'll be going into more of the social science realm. Uh, but when we when we work with kids on a regular basis in our class, we don't focus, as I mentioned, on content. We're really looking at skills and helping our scholars learn how to write, how to read. I know that sounds really simple, but these are the foundational skills that are required not only for success in ELA, but success across the board. Um, And so we base our assessment on what we refer to as competencies. Um, So just to give you an example, we have a a milestone, as we call them, called collaboration. And within this milestone, we have several different competencies, things that we look to measure what can a a scholar do. And one of those competencies is what we refer to as communication strategies, uh, which basically describes, can you sustain a coherent, uh, flexible conversation with another scholar? Can you articulate ideas? Can you Uh, exchange perspectives with one another effectively. Um, And and we give scholars multiple opportunities throughout the year to demonstrate that. Um, And once they do, we don't assign a letter grade. We don't say, all right, A, B, C, D, F, nothing like that. We have a system that uh, we refer to as emerging, practicing, meeting, and advanced. Uh, Basically, can you do the skill or not? kind of like a sliding scale like it's not a a black or white practicing or meeting is not uh you know i am practicing or i am meeting it's like right now i'm currently practicing at this skill but you might be on the upper end of practicing like barely about to go to meeting you might be on the bottom end like barely just making it up to emerging so it really is like this four point kind of celebratory process of growth that starts with i do not understand yet how to do this skill and ends with like I'm advancing what typical standard expectations would be in this skill. And so across multiple different contexts with multiple different content, a scholar might be able to say, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was practicing at citing my sources in conversation. And now 
I'm advanced because anytime I bring up academic sources or evidence, it's always cited. And make no mistake, I think, you know, as, as you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out, okay, Courtney Hunter talking about this, <laughs> what is this emerging practicing business? What is going on? There are no emergings in life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it's, this is hard. I mean, this is something that we as a staff, um, all six of us were, we're still very small, uh, at the moment. Um, but this is something that we've had some really just long, long, powerful conversations about. I'm not convinced that we have the absolute correct answer just yet of how we assess this is kind of a work in progress kind of thing um and i think that it would be you know foolish to assume that our kids really know and can work effectively within this system also just as you might be thinking to yourself this sounds dumb why don't we just give why don't we just give them points yeah right they do a quiz why don't we just give them points it's easy um i agree that would be easy um, but, but would does it that, be right? <laughs> the voice of reason, Courtney. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, just does it does it measure what we want to know about our kids and what they can do? Um, and we think no, it doesn't. Um, that that a points based system doesn't tell us the full story about um, what someone can do, what someone knows how to do. Um, and so this is this has been a work in progress, as I said. Um, and, and I have to give credit to our scholars for just remaining flexible, uh, for having the willingness to try something completely new. And even as things crash and burn, uh, <laughs> to be able to dust ourselves off and continue to be better the next day. So it's been really great, not only to see their growth and their learning through the exhibition, as we'll talk about in a moment, uh, but just their resiliency. Totally. Uh, this is, this is going to be, we we're, uh, only freshmen right now. We'll, we'll eventually be nine through 12. Uh, but currently, we only have freshmen at the school. We'll grow to a new grade level each and every year. Um, and they're going to be our perennial guinea pigs. They're, they're, we're going to be testing out a lot of stuff with them as their first-time sophomores, first-time juniors, first-time seniors. And, uh, and, and they're going to have to be flexible. And we've talked to them about this. And again, give them credit because they've, uh, they've rolled with the punches. And I think they've done a pretty good job so far. Totally. And, and Hunter mentioned like watching so many things crash and burn over the course of this last year. It's like... I think such a powerful exercise in humanity to realize that like even your advisors, even your teachers, even your principals, like they're doing the best they can, but they don't really have too much a clue what's going on. But and I think that sort of awareness is like so valuable for a high school student to acquire because it just sets them up for a world in which they enter like humbly and they enter with generosity and with patience, because if you're high school advisors, your high school teachers don't have it all figured out, then like who does? We might need a crash and burn episode yeah, of the podcast. Definitely. Just write talk it about down. everything that's just but, failed miserably. But one thing that didn't crash and burn, I think, was our exhibitions that we had last week and the week before. Yes. Um, and so in these exhibitions, now that you kind of know the background about competencies and milestones and what an end of the year celebration might look like, and you might remember me rambling earlier about how it'd be difficult in 15 minutes to talk about a whole year. So each scholar essentially picked a set of competencies, AKA a quote unquote milestone, uh, to defend their learning on because we are only able to evaluate them so much throughout the year, right? If our caseload is like 70 to 70 some kids, it's difficult to evaluate them all of the time on all of the opportunities that they're say collaborating with one another. And we aren't there to evaluate them in math and we aren't there to evaluate them in science or in our innovation studio. And so it gave them an opportunity to stand up in front of a room and say, look, advisors, you might you weren't there to be able to see me demonstrate competency in this particular skill. 
But guess what? I did. And then they pick these different pieces of evidence and these different artifacts that show their growth. So for some things like communication, it might be a bit more abstract. But for other things like, I don't know, knowing de definition and geometry, like being able to prove the Pythagorean theorem, I don't know if those two things go together. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with it. Yeah, we're going to go with it. Um, you know, then they show like artifacts of their learning, starting with a test that maybe they didn't do so hot on and then revisions that they did in conversations that they had. So they use these exhibitions to be able to track their growth from a space of not understanding yet to like where they are now or where they believe they are now. And through that demonstration, they're able to articulate like different stages of their growing process and different stages of their learning process and show with evidence to make an argument to their teachers why they deserve a higher score. And it I was think, really cool. And I think just, yeah, it, I agree. It, it's totally cool. And speaking to any other educators that might be listening to this, um, something that I think is a little, it does not come naturally to us as teachers is when someone uses evidence from a different area of learning to to make a case to make an argument about why they have fulfilled a certain competency so you start you hinted at this a little bit when you were sharing um just now but the idea that if you've got a scholar that on their internship uh when they're out in the community and they're working with a professional and they have maybe a really meaningful conversation with a board of directors or uh, or a group of employees they can use that as evidence of a collaborative discussion they can use that as evidence uh as ver for verbal expression even if they struggle to demonstrate those skills in class they might struggle to do that for a number of reasons maybe there's just a lot more anxiety that they have with their peers and it's a lot more difficult to articulate those skills but when they're in a a more business professional setting with other adults, maybe that's something that's more comfortable to them. If they can demonstrate the skill, they can demonstrate the skill. You know, why the kind of the thought process is why would you penalize them just because they're not living up to the competency in your set conditions? Like in your site. Right. And, and to, to be fair, I've definitely had the thought of kind of the selfish thought of, well, okay, you could do it out there. Now we've got the Socratic seminar, just talk, do it in here. just say, say it here, do it here. Um, but just the complexities that the kids have to compete with. And uh, I think it would be unfair not to take those into consideration. And I think the exhibition, as Courtney was mentioning, is a great opportunity to demonstrate like, look, you know, yeah, I haven't been performing as well in this area, but I could still show you the skill. I could still do this. Let me, let me prove it to you uh, with some evidence. So that being said, I think this would be a good opportunity uh, to maybe just to put a little more uh, color relatability uh, to the idea of the exhibition, um, maybe let's let's each share kind of a powerful moment uh, that we saw. Unfortunately, because Courtney and I are in different villages, different cohorts of kids, we we don't see the same kids um, day in and day out. So while Courtney and her village team was in one room, I was in my room. Uh, doing exhibitions. So I'd be curious just to hear a story on your end, some really powerful moments uh, that maybe you could share with us this morning. Yeah, of course. I think the thing that, I mean, so many powerful moments occurred, uh, interactions between families and their, and their young people, interactions between the advisors and the young people, interactions between the young people and each other. Like the, it was just such a community of like respect and openness to hearing about their learning experiences. But the one that really stood out to me was like such a unique display of what exhibition could be and it was like a straight up argumentative performance by one scholar uh who 
realize like, hey, you, although you assess us regularly, there's one competency you don't assess us on very often. And it's called diverse perspectives and critical conversations. And then he proceeded to spend the entire 15 minutes like creating this multi-faceted like argument about how I haven't assessed him in this, but he's been able to show competency like a hundred different ways. And so it was kind of critical and he kept being like, Courtney, I mean, no offense to you because I know you're extremely busy, but you haven't evaluated me on this and I don't understand why. It's unfair. It's like he just is pulling out all the stops using our, our understanding of ethical, logical and emotional argumentation. Like, wow, it was it was pretty incredible. And um, just through that, being able to see his complex understanding of like what a milestone is, what it means and how he's able to perform in this way was just like what we, I think as educators, like live for. You like want to see that sort of A, self-reflection, B, self-awareness, and C, self-expression. It's like this perfect trifecta of like, wow, you are in control of your learning. And you're gonna defend to me, your advisor, your teacher, like why you've shown competency, why you deserve to advance to the 10th grade. It's so cool. It's like so much ownership over his learning. I just wanted to take a break to give a quick shout out to our head custodian, Mario. You might hear a leaf blower in the background, but that's merely because no one takes better care of this place than Mario. Mario. He's the man, and uh, and I love him, and he's the best. Uh, Mario, so, if you're ever listening to this podcast, we love you. Yeah, he's, he's got to know that. And if you're like, what what is this this cut rate production where this leaf blower is going in the background? You could just you just tune out now. Yeah, this is uh, our first podcast. We're doing the best we can. Well, yeah, I'm I'm totally fine with that. If I if if we if we lose non-existent viewers because of a leaf blower, I'm all right with that. That's that's the way to go. We can't go negative. We can only <laughs> go to zero. Um, um, Hunter, what was yours? What what stuck with you? Yeah, so there was one presentation in particular who came to us from a scholar that day one odyssey the 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 running line was i don't want to be here uh my mom made me come here because she saw it was a special school i wanted to be at the main high school campus where my friends were going so i'm not going to do anything that you say and it's uh it's been a challenge throughout the year uh she has struggled in class with social distractions with her friends um not staying focused not staying on task and then we've noticed just this past trimester that something clicked and she positioned herself daily in a way that led to a lot of success in the work that she did, which we never doubted. Um, she's an incredibly bright girl. It's just a question of whether or not she's going to sit down and do the work or kind of carry on and have continuous conversations about what you did last weekend or what you're going to do this weekend. That's the high school experience. There's, there's, I can't fault her for that. I mean, everyone's had those conversations. Struggle. We as colleagues have those conversations <laughs> when we perhaps should be working. So I get it. But um, she came up and delivered an exhibition presentation that really demonstrated some strong growth in her learning. And, uh, and But rather than focus on the content, what I want to focus on is what happened afterwards. So with a lot of these exhibitions, with the time that's left, uh, we as advisors have the opportunity to ask questions, um, which is for a number of reasons. Maybe there was something in the presentation that just wasn't there yet. Uh, 
evidence or arguments that we weren't really seeing come together. And so we can sometimes ask leading questions that maybe might help get the scholar to where they're effectively or more effectively demonstrating a particular skill. Or if it was a great presentation and we just want to kind of commend or ask some more deeper thinking questions, uh, we could go that route also. But that's also the opportunity for the families, the parents to come in and, and say a few words, whether it's a compliment, maybe they have questions or feedback about the presentation themselves. Um, and the scholar's mother just immediately started weeping because she had never seen the side of her daughter before. She had not seen this person articulate learning in the way that she did during her exhibition. And I laughed because the scholar is very, um, very, level-headed uh, with, with everything that she does. And so even with mom breaking down, straight face. She didn't she didn't break. She just kind of left it there. In fact, she almost looked a little bit embarrassed. And oh my gosh, mom's crying, seriously. But the best part was as soon as mom shared, we have another scholar in the audience who was actually working with the scholar pretty regularly. And she said, you know what? I'm so proud of how far you've come this this trimester. I mean, think about that. For another scholar to tell another scholar that they're proud, uh, in what academic setting is that a regular exchange? So cool. And it was that that took our presenter and moved her to tears. And she was just effusive in her gratitude towards the scholar that, that essentially brought her up and, and helped her tremendously this trimester. And then everyone else in the room starts crying because it's just this emotional, just stew uh in the room which is great um you know giving the kids the opportunity to really express themselves like that was really was really special so it was a cool moment it was uh definitely a sign of growth and hopefully i think uh, a sign of things to come uh, with that scholar in particular so i'm looking at the clock and uh, we've got a staff meeting in about 10 minutes i think maybe we should see if we can wrap this up so my wrap final it up. yeah yeah my final question do you think we you, should wrap um, I, I don't think so. Remember, end. with our non-existent audience, I want to try to gain Followers a following, and, and I'm, I'm not sure away. this is going to help. For a I'm sorry. I know I'm a dream crusher. You I know, look it's disappointed. That's fine. fine. But uh, let's let's finish What's your it question? <laughs> this way. Uh, biggest takeaway from the exhibition, maybe not even this trimester, but just all year, Courtney. What is uh, what is your biggest learning from this experience? I think the biggest learning that I have is around how easy it is to rise to low standards and how equally easy it is to rise to high standards. I, in past experiences I've had in schools, I've seen time and time again, young people rise to the standards that are set for them by their community, right? Their teachers, their school environment. And, uh, we set really high standards at Odyssey, and I think that that has a lot of downfalls, and I think it also has an infinite amount of um, benefits for our young people and for their future and for their capacity for excellence. And I saw so many people rise to standards of excellence that like, they didn't even know they could get to because of the environment that was really crafted for them this year at the school by their peers, by their families, by their advisors, and by themselves and by each other. It's like so cool to watch them take that opportunity 
and run with it and like break through the walls and break through the ceiling and like just like I'm saying like a lot. <laughs> They're like at a loss for words. Um, yeah, they they were just so um, brilliant. How about you? I would have to say in terms of takeaway, you know, coming from and this might be something that we talk about at a at another podcast, uh, but coming from a place where I I only taught at schools like this, um, in which learning is demonstrated not through a final exam or a series of tests, but a more uh, formal, sometimes informal presentation of learning, um, like our exhibition. And now that I've been doing this for a little over five years, um, my, my biggest takeaway from this experience is how important it is for kids to take ownership of their learning. Um, it's so easy in a traditional setting to do the work that is asked of you, but then, and this, I, I talk from experience because my high school experience was, I'm just, okay, I got to write this essay. I'm going to write it. I'm going to turn it in and I'm never going to look never at it gonna again. Never going to think about it again. No, it's going to, it's going to go in the trash. And if it doesn't go in the trash, it's going to get crumpled up at the bottom of my abyss of a backpack. Um, and so to see kids now actually really starting to think about what they know and what they can now do is such a powerful thing. Um, and, and you think ahead to what is this going to look like their sophomore year, their junior year, their senior year. I think in many ways what they're going to be doing as seniors at the school is going to be just insanely amazing, insanely wonderful. Because the more and more they realize what they're learning and its importance and its significance when they reflect on it like they do in this exhibition, the more they start to understand what they're capable of and what they might actually end up doing with their lives. Uh, not, not what a survey tells them to do or not what the culture or society tells them to do, but really doing work that is inspiring to them. Um, I think is really, really cool. And the exhibition gives them that chance. Giving them the tools to transform themselves and the world. That's a tagline right there. That's, that that's, is our tagline. That is, that's the tagline. So um, not like a, we're advertising our school constantly, but that actually might be what we're doing with this podcast. Maybe. Maybe, possibly. Probably not, though. We're going to keep talking lower because I'm just going to... Very low. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so this was fun. It was fun. I think we should do this again. I think we should, too. And uh, what do you think? Next week? Yeah. Cool. What are you I doing don't. for summer? Oh, I should tell our audience. Uh, Cordy's getting married. I am. This, uh, this summer. And you're in the thick of wedding planning. How's that going? It's going. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I mean, um, the outcome is going to be awesome. Like, I get to get married. So regardless of what shenaniganery might ensue before, during, or after with my family and friends, it's... Uh, it's all for a great cause. <laughs> my, and uh, having gone through the gauntlet, what now, five years ago, uh, my heart is with you because I, uh, I remember the, the productive stress that came from the, what we call wedding planning. So, uh, but uh, we're all happy for you here at Thanks. Odyssey. We're really excited. Um, you need to share photos immediately yeah. uh, following the event. I'm going to live, live stream it. Please, please <laughs> do. Uh, we, we need to be a part of this. But uh, yeah, let's do this next week. Yeah, sounds good. Absolutely. Okay, well, for Courtney, my name's Hunter. Thanks for listening. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for being here, non-existent audience, potentially more. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a joy to get to do this. And uh, 
it would be fun to get to share our journey with others. So thanks for listening if you are. And if you're not, thanks for being you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.